What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, August 26, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 414. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's doing well in between shows. How the hell are you? Happy International, what is it, International Dog Day? Uh, they got every day now. International Bacon Day, International Pancake Day, Dog Day, Cat Day, you know, your spouse is a dick day. Whatever it is, um, today is the dog one. And um, I put a picture of my uh, my boy, uh, our boy Lloydy, up on Twitter. And um, funny enough, I opened the door to call him inside. And he's having a stare down with a deer. And then he like waits for the deer to see him to start running. And then he just books it. And the deer just like just like three strides and she's just gone because she's so fast. But, um, yeah, so enjoy your dogs today, all you dog lovers, all you dog lunatics who take it way too seriously. I talk about it on stage. I love my dog, guys. I love my dog, but I do not talk to him as if he's a human being. Um, I don't put him in a stroller. I don't, you know, it's, I understand, I love my dog, I love the job he does as far as protecting the yard, protecting the house, being a companion, Uh, he's a part of the family, we love him, so I don't want to come across as a dick or a dog hater, but some of you people, the fact that there's International Dog Day is, I mean, there's no way that this wasn't started by an absolute lunatic, you know, there's no, there's no way, I mean, it's, you know, it's a pet, and it's a great pet, speaking of dogs, please tell me you guys saw the video of the dog and cat sleeping, like, the dog, there was a dog, it was one of those dogs, I don't know, it wasn't like a Pomeranian, but it was one of those dogs that looked like a fox, and it had, like, the ears up like a fox, and it's laying on its side sleeping, and behind it is a cat, and the cat is resting and sleeping. And it's a 20 second video. And like 10 seconds in, the dog farts in his sleep loud. And the cat just opens its eyes and stares at the back of the dog's head with disgust. And then like three or four seconds later, just smacks the dog in the head with its paw twice. And it's like, it's such true comedy. And it was just so great. You have to watch it. It's not going to be hard to find. Just Google dog farts and sleep. Cat gets upset. And I'm sure it'll be the first thing to come up. It's like a reddish dog looks like a fox. And the cat is like a grayish white with a little black stripes or whatever. Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, it feels good to be back. And um, there's a lot of things changing now with the Verzi effect and everything. Everything is finally, you know, starting to go starting to go into uh, effect here. So what I want to do, just to give you guys a little update, is um, we have the logo and we have the song and the theme music and everything for Jerry and I to do the Super Fans podcast, which um, is going to be, um, we're making the announcement, but it looks like it's going to be with... Um, Riotcast Studios above the Comedy Cellar, we're going to be doing this, okay, uh, the regular Verzi effect, and that's kind of going to be, and we're going to do a regular one and a Patreon, um, and the regular Verzi effect, this show, 
is going to be just a little shorter, still going to do the unacceptables, still going to do all that, and then once a month have a guest on, which will be the long one, and that will be either from uh, Gotham Comedy Club or The Stand, depending on availability and depending, I love both of those clubs, depending on availability and scheduling, I like to have a regular thing. So that's that's what's going on with the podcast, and I want all this stuff to take effect in the very, very early fall, September, late September, stuff like that. So that's that's what's going on with the show, but you guys can tune in, always get this. It's going to be the same, just a little shorter because I'm going to go long with a live guest once a month from one of those clubs. So um, there you go. That's That's what's going on with that. Thank everybody. Thank everybody. Um, for the nice, kind words about my shows in Pittsburgh. I had an amazing time in Pittsburgh. I'm going to keep going out to Pittsburgh. And um, one thing I didn't shout out on the last podcast was Joe Bartnick's family. Shout out to Joe Bartnick's mother and father who cooked Sunday dinner for us. They cooked a Sunday dinner for us the night before the last show, the night of the last show. So we get to Joe's parents' house around 3 or 4 we have this amazing dinner, meatballs, sausage, ravioli, uh, fresh mozzarella with the, you know, with the bread and the, it just, it was just an unbelievable old fashioned, old school Italian spread. We had a great time. I had to do an hour of comedy with a gut filled with amazing Italian food, but that was fine. And uh, so shout out to the Bartnicks, amazing people. I'm going back. And uh, also, again, I want to shout out, um, you know, Randy Bauman and, and um, Bill Crawford for WDVE, uh, the best radio station out there. Amazing. Had a great time talking with baseball player Sean Casey out there, the mayor, who was so cool and fun, and we just had a great time. So, um, again, Pittsburgh, I'm coming back. And then I flew from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia to get in my car and go down to the shore and be on vacation like I do every year. Well needed, amazing time. Um, did not want to leave the beach. And uh, I, I, you know, when you go to the beach, you do see a lot of funny things. But this year, this year, we saw, I saw some, they called us out of the water because there was like a violent feeding frenzy of dolphins were eating a school of fish. And they're like, everybody out of the water. And you literally see fins and shit. Like, I, they were just like, like the whistle blows and he's like doing this thing with his hands. Like, come in. And I'm like, is he telling people that are far out in the ocean to get closer? And my wife is going, no. He's telling everybody to get out of the water. So everybody's getting out of the water. And people are going, look, you could see the fins. And I see this black fin and I'm like, holy shit. And then I see another one, and then I realize that it was dolphins, and apparently there's a school of fish going by, not far from the shore, like not far from the like where we were, but there was a big school of fish swimming, and these dolphins were jumping out of the water like it was fucking SeaWorld, doing like to the to the point where like the people on the beach, all of them were cheering. People were like, yeah, like it was nuts to see, but they were violently going after these fish, and you had to wait and watch this. There was like three or four dolphins together just going nuts on this. It was just a feeding frenzy. 
and uh, and then you finally just watch him go by, and then a lifeguard had to get on like a four-wheeler, a quad, and drive down until the next lifeguard or in the next lifeguard. So the next lifeguard to look, look, this is coming, and then you just watch it, and then once it got out of your way, people could go back on the beach. But I never saw that. Lloyd, I know it's International Dog Day, Lloyd, but it doesn't give you an excuse to interrupt the show when I'm talking about the scary shit we saw in the ocean. All right, well, now I have to put him, uh, now I have to put him outside. All right, he's outside. Some old guy with a backpack is walking past the house, and he just couldn't handle it. He's like, what's going on with this? Um, but anyway, going back to the vacation, amazing time. We were ripping through bottles of wine like you read about. Uh, I am way too into red wine right now where, like, it's just, I mean, it, it it really is impossible to just have a little bit of red wine if you have a good bottle, you know. Um, so I never thought I would become like a wine snob. And not that I'm a snob, but you just know. You sip a wine and you know. And now I'm like, get this garbage off the table and let's go to the store and get something that makes <laughs> something that makes sense. Um, but it always, you know what's depressing? The last night of vacation, right? Uh the last night of vacation, it's just like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's You got this because you start having to clean up a little bit and you start putting things away and you empty the fridge that you had in there or you throw out stuff and you're just like, you know that the next day you're not going to the beach. Um, you know, and, and we, we really like have a good time. There's an amusement park that we go to and they had this big ride on there. And the ride goes super, super high and then free falls and then goes back up and goes back down. What I didn't realize was the seats were like so close to each other and my back and hip were messed up for two days because I was on this ride. And the ride wasn't that scary um, and it was just the most uncomfortable. Listen, if I'm going to shit my pants, if I'm going to go up 100 feet in the air and free fall and go up and down and do that stuff and scream, and be nervous, and get all of the feelings you get on a ride, can we make the seats comfortable, I'm not joking around, or trying to be gross, but this thing, like, everybody's, like, legs were bunched next to each other, my balls are, like, banging against the side thing, I'm just like, dude, I feel like I just got kicked in the dick, why is this so uncomfortable, and literally, as the ride's going up, I'm trying to adjust myself, it was like, it was like, if you had big hips, or, like, a huge ass, you couldn't go on this ride, you just couldn't. It was the most uncomfortable. I'm trying to adjust myself. It was like I was. It was like I was sitting in a baby seat at at a hundred feet in the air. Like I didn't even. I didn't even have time to be scared of the ride. I was worried that like one of my balls was going to explode or like I was going to have a problem like with my penis. I I just. It was the worst. My back hurt. My like inner thigh hurt. It was so uncomfortable. Um. And then, you know, we go in and we play the claw game. And my daughter, you guys will get it. You guys will, you know, speaking of dolphins, there's a game. You know the game where you put money in and then you have a joystick and there's a claw. And then you hit the button and the claw goes down. And it's pretty much rigged because the claw is never strong enough to hold what you get. Because every time I'll get it right in the middle and be like, oh, we should get this thing. And I'm really good at it. And a lot of times I get stuff. But a lot of times I'm about to get something and the claw just releases. And I start yelling in the place like, oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. I start looking at, you know, 
pimple-faced teenagers with the shirt on of the place working there going, oh, these things are rigged, right? You know, they're scared. They don't know what's going on. I'm just yelling because I'm pissed. My daughter wanted this dolphin that like lit up. So the dolphin had like bulbs all over it. And it was like, so at night it would look cool because the dolphin would glow and all that shit. So me, I'm a lunatic. It's a dollar a drop. And I just put in a dollar and I start to get it and it falls. Then I put in another dollar. It starts to, you know, it starts to look like I'm going to get it and then it falls. All right. So, uh, what the hell? I just got interrupted again. But yeah, so the claw, so I put another dollar in for the dolphin. The claw looks like it's going to, and then guys, I'm like $7 in. And my little girl is going, daddy, it's okay. Just forget it. And she's pulling me away. It was like she was trying to break, you know, break up a fight between me and a machine. She was just like, daddy, it's, and I'm like, no, it's not okay. To the point where all the money on the cart, okay, this dolphin must cost five, six, maybe 10 bucks with the lights, whatever. I'm putting in like $15 and I still didn't get this thing. The, the last time we went, I got everything first. Even on this trip, I got everything first time. She wanted a black bear, I got her a black bear. She wanted this like soft, fuzzy ball thing, whatever, with a face on it. I got it for her first time. You know, this time I couldn't get the dolphin. So I go back to the machine. I put another $15 on the card. And then I finally, oh no. And then when I come back, a guy gets it because I moved it close or the guy got it. And he just walked away. And this asshole looks like a hero to his daughter. And I'm the asshole. And then finally I ended up getting it. And I walk over and my wife sees that we got it. And she just knew the amount of money. I mean, I must have spent $25 on something that cost six bucks. But you know what? My little girl, my little girl ended up, uh, ended up getting what uh, she wanted. So we had a great time at the amusement park. Um, I mean, I don't know what it is though about like amusement parks or like carnivals or whatever. I don't know what it is, but there's just an element of person that loves those things that is just, I just don't understand. It's just a, you know, just like flip flop wearing, like, you know, nobody dresses really nice. It's, you know, just like, I don't know. I think if you, you know, I think if you get ice cream more than three times a week, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's an issue. That's all I'll say. Um, and no real unacceptables. Their one unacceptable was we got reservations for a restaurant at like 545, 6 o'clock. We get there, it's packed, and we still have to wait a half hour. And then I hear a party in front of us go, yeah, you know, we're here, we're waiting. And I hear the lady going, well, if you want to sit upstairs, you can sit upstairs. And he's like, oh, we've never done that. We've only been in the main dining room. And she goes, upstairs is really, really nice. Right? So I walk up to her and I go, yeah, ma'am, you just gave an option to a party that you didn't give my family about upstairs. And she goes, oh, well, they had reservations. I go, yeah, we just spoke a few minutes ago. I have reservations too. And she looks up the name and she sees Verzi. She goes, oh, yeah. I go, yeah, she goes, they're upstairs though. You wouldn't want that. You're in the main dining room. That's, it's really not nice up there. And she was right. So she didn't lie to me. So I can't say that it's really um, my unacceptable, but it's unacceptable that like this lady was just frantically lying to, to parties and tables that were there. And we see that family. She's like, if you don't like it up there, you could come right back down. And they were right back down. And we ended up seeing them in the dining room that we were in. Um, but it was, you know, it's great. Great, great seafood, great wine, 
great time. So cool chilling with the family and, and everything like that. And um, I want to take my dog. I want to take my dog to our ocean house, but I just don't, I don't see dogs on the thing and I don't know it's allowed. That's the, and I think he would lose his, like my dog would, if my dog saw, he's kind of afraid of water, but if my dog saw that feeding frenzy and saw dolphins jumping in the water, I, he would either run away or we would have to get the lifeguard to get him because he would just run in and try, like he can't handle other things alive that aren't humans. He just can't handle it. He can't look at something and go, oh, that's not human. Why is it alive? I should be the only thing that's like that. He just can't <laughs> handle it. So I don't know. Are there beaches? Let me know right in. Are there beaches that um, you can have a dog? I mean, I'm sure there are some, but I've seen no dogs lately at the ocean. And I wanted to know that because I would love to watch Lloyd run around on the on the sand and, and on the ocean. Um, so no real unacceptables except this lady lying to people. Let's see what the great Verzi Effect podcast listeners uh, wrote in this week. Here we go. Oh, here he is. The Shakespeare shit himself. Um, Kelly Meyer writes into the show. Kelly who drove from um, Milwaukee to Pittsburgh. I still can't believe that. That's why. That's why Kelly's my guy. You know, he just came to hang and stuff. Next time, Kelly, you got to stay the night, have some drinks. You did the right thing. This guy was really responsible. You know, he was playing the whole, like, I'm good, man. I'm good for now. I'm all right now, knowing that he's going to drive and he doesn't want to hurt himself or anybody. He's got a family. So shout out to Kelly Meyer. Kelly Meyer writes into the show. And it's always a pleasure for Kelly to write into the show. Get off the fucking computer. My cat just walked by. I'm sorry. My cat Stanley just walked by. Um, and Kelly's subject, the new hour uh, from Kelly. Uh, first, a real quick unacceptable. Four grown heterosexual males sitting in the green room of a comedy club. All <laughs> I know what this is. Oh, this is so funny. All squinting and leaning closer to the TV in order to see the big swinging dick of a UFC undercard fighter. If you're in the UFC and you've got a monster piece on you, wear a jock strap for fuck's sake. That shit was hilarious and unacceptable. Hashtag no homo. So what Kelly is alluding to here, which is really funny, we were in the green room uh, at the... Um, at the Pittsburgh Improv, and Kelly was out at the first show in the crowd, and then I saw him and made sure that he's taken care of. I'm like, oh, dude, come back. Hang hang with us, you know? You could pop in the showroom during the second show, but hang with us. So I'm in there, and I'm going, oh, shit, the UFC fights tonight, the the Nate Diaz and the, and the DC fight. So I was like, hey, can we get, you know, I don't know how to work. They have all kinds of, like, I guess, um, different inputs on the TV because you could watch the show. For, you know, you could literally watch the show, the comedian on stage and watch that and listen to that in the room. Or you could change inputs and you could watch cable or direct TV or whatever they have. So they end up putting on the, the UFC fights and we're, we were getting the, the prelims, the preliminary fights. And there was a guy, he was the guy, like, you know, the way they give like gray shorts and, and, and white shorts, like the guy in the white shorts, somebody was just like, is that his jockstrap? And like this guy, I'm not even joking around. It was like, Bartnick was like, wait, what is that? This guy's dick, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, obviously had to be soft. 
because it was flopping around like a, you know, it was flopping around like a fish out of water. So it obviously wasn't, I mean, it would be weird if he was in a UFC fight and he just had a full-on rager. Anyway, this guy, I don't mean to be gross, this guy's dick, we were just like, is that, like, it was so bizarre that I, I was like, it, it, it looked like he had a cordless phone, like, just dangling from his, <laughs> and we were all like, is that what we think it is? And we were all, like he said, leaning forward, squinting, going, no. And I'm like in denial. I was the one going, no, dude, that's got to be a jock strap. And then I realized a jock strap doesn't jump around your shorts like that. This guy's dick must have been like 10 inches soft. It was bizarre. And, um, and we were all talking about it. And then one of us called everyone out like, I love how all of us are just looking at this. Um, anyway, let's continue with this. Um, on the last episode of TVE, you told me to tell them about the new hour. Well, here's my take. Oh, wow. Okay, did I? Um, to the fans of TVE. Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. But you know what? You guys listen to it, so here we go. If you're a longtime fan of stand-up comedy or if you're just getting into it, if you're a seasoned podcast listener or if this is your first ever episode of TVE, you owe it to yourself to see Paul's new material in person, live on stage for a lot of reasons. First, live comedy is more uh, than laughing. It's about the experience. Watching stand-up at home uh, on your TV is fine. And I do it often, but nothing beats a great comedian delivering their material directly to you from the stage. Paul's delivery is tremendous, and Jesus, this is fucking embarrassing. And that's something you don't fully experience when you're watching it on TV. When a comedian gets um, real quiet or real loud, uh, or they key in on a member of the audience for a specific joke... Or they have to change uh, in their body language. Those are all things you pick up uh, as well on TV. Second, if you uh, wait for TV to watch this material, you might miss some great jokes. Uh, That's God's honest truth. I was at the taping of I'll Say This, and I've watched it a bunch of times since. As great as the finished product is, my favorite joke didn't make the final edit. Paul used to tell a joke about his cats and their reaction to adopting Lloyd. My cats were the same way, and I loved the joke because it was relatable. He told that joke uh, at the taping for I'll Say This, uh, and it didn't get into the special. A joke doesn't have to be the funniest shit you've ever heard for you to love it. Uh, I'm more likely to remember a joke I can relate to than something that had me doubled over in laughter. Paul's joke about Lloyd, Stanley, and Thomas was both relatable and hilarious. Um, If you wait for TV to see this material, you might miss out. Yes, but I think you could get it on there. I think there's an uncut version you can get. So thank you for bringing that up because a lot of people didn't realize that, that story and that thing with the cat and the dog. So thank you for that. Uh, Third, the new material really is that good. Night at the Stand, number one on iTunes, number four on Billboard was good. I'll say this was great. The new hour is next level shit. It is so funny and so personable and relatable. Thank you, dude. That means a lot. It really does. This new hour is on the level of Bill Burr, Walk Your Way Out, uh, or Tom Segura, mostly stories in my opinion. Holy shit. Wow, man. That means a lot, Kelly. Uh, Paul told me that one of his main goals is to always improve. Yes, it is. To always get better. 
and not to let his material fall off. Every time I've seen him perform live, it was better than the last. Lastly, and this is something I truly believe, your uh, time window to catch Paul performing in regular comedy clubs and smaller venues is closing. He's going to blow up, and soon your only chance to see him perform is going to be $80 nosebleeds in 1,500-seat uh, theaters or clubs in New York City while he's working out new material. Even casual comedy fans like to go out and see the biggest names of comedy perform when they come to your city, and uh, true diehard fans like to to like us have to compete for tickets with those assholes. Uh a day is coming soon where big theaters will be the only chance to see Paul Verde perform. Dude, that means so much, man. I feel weird even reading this, but since you're such a an amazing contributor to the show, Kelly, and somebody that has always wrote in, like I said, you know what it, the, the the fan in New York City has those go to people um, that you know even like the listeners know. Oh, this guy wrote in, and and you're one of them. So um, th- this means a lot, and it's very humbling. It's a little embarrassing to read, but. Um, I will stand by, well, hold on, let me just finish here. I hope you guys get a chance to see Paul's new material before he puts to film and starts working on the next hour. I am not saying this because he and I are friends. The new material kills. It's beyond humbling when Paul tells TV listeners that I'm his friend first and fan second, but that uh, takes nothing away from me being a fan. I started as a fan, and as long as Paul continues to perform, I'll always be a fan. Now, all of you go to paulverdi.com and check out Paul's The Prequel Tour dates um, and plan to go see him in the nearest, uh, in a city nearest you. Uh, you'll have a great time. Kelly means a lot. And uh, yeah, Kelly started as somebody who uh, listened to my podcast, started writing in Unacceptables. They were incredibly funny. They were about his IBS episodes. That's where he got the nickname Shakespeare of Shit. You guys can go back to whatever it was, like 170s uh, on and anytime, you know, during those. I mean, Kelly would just tell these amazing stories. He became he became a regular uh, submitter. Then he came out to shows. I met him. He traveled to New York. Um, instantly liked the guy. He's a guy's guy. And uh, definitely some, then introduced him to Joe Barnick. Then he happened to find a way. I found a way to sneak him into this, like, billionaire's party during a um, Green Bay Packers tailgate, which is a story on another podcast or a story for another day. But I didn't want to sit out with the animals and have this tequila, and we finagled our way into a billionaire's private glass box party with the real booze, and Kelly and me and Joe Bartnick, of all people, were there. It was like a movie scene, and Kelly has been a friend first uh, ever since. So thank you for that. And, and, you know, as a comedian, I will say this, and... I've never, and I really like, I feel silly and I really hope anybody's listening to this going like, wow, is Paul really reading positive reviews about his thing? I've never done this before and I did this because Kelly wrote it and as I started to read it, I was like, wow, this is embarrassing, so please do not take uh, that as something I, I, I normally do. If this was another fan and wasn't Kelly, I would have, you know, but... Um, as somebody who listens to comedy all the time and, and is a fan and stuff, it's truly humbling and means a lot. And and the one thing that he said, which I will always do for you guys listening to this, and this is a promise for you, I will not put something out that is not either as good as the last thing or better. I just won't fucking do it. Um, I, I'm a better performer now. I'm a better stand-up comic now. And I'm just not going to, to do that. 
So when you see me either, you know, listen, you may come out and see me perform and obviously I'm working on things or like he was saying, you come out to the stand or the cellar and you see me do 15 minutes, I'm doing chunks, I'm doing pieces, I might have added something, I might have a new joke I'm doing. But when it comes to like something that you guys have to purchase to watch or something that you guys are going to see on a tour of me doing an hour, it's always going to be better. Um, I love comedy first, man. Comedy first. You know, I do the podcast. I love doing the podcast. I love talking to you guys. Like I said, this podcast is going to just be more of like the hits, unacceptables, quick things like that. It's going to get shorter and then I'm going to be talking to people, but it's always going to be like this. Um, stand-up comedy, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect to any podcasters out there, but I hear a lot and I see a lot of podcast people saying things like, uh, you know, what, like, or, or you hear, I shouldn't, they don't say it, but like, oh, so-and-so's got millions of listeners and their sponsors and they're making all this money on their podcast or, oh, their Patreon, they're making like $30,000 and that's great. And I will never knock that. This, this platform and podcasting has given people and talented people a voice the way radio did and people can make a lot of money and I'll never knock that. All the power to you. If you make that money, great. But for me, it's like, how's your fucking act? Because I did not get into comedy to be a radio host. I don't do this podcast because I wanted to branch off and get a radio host. Listen, if I could make some money in this, you know, great. But I'm not like, you know, if, if a sponsor is like, oh, I want to be a part of the Verzi Effect. Or, you know, when me and Jerry do the sports podcast, if other things like that. But I don't want to be a radio host. I will podcast because I love talking to my fans and I love giving fans a more personal thing. You know, a lot of people think comedy podcasts are supposed to always be hilarity. They're not. Comedy podcasts are for you to hear your favorite comedian's real life shit. And of course, obviously be funny. I mean, you want to hear something. But the reason why you guys listen is because, you know, you either know me, like me, think I'm funny, like my stand-up, whatever. But for me, if I had to get rid of podcasting altogether, I'm fine with that. I care about stand-up comedy first. Make no mistake about that. Because when I go on stage and you people pay money, I've been doing this. I've been I've been dreaming about this since I was a boy watching Eddie Murphy. And from the first time I ever picked up a microphone just trying to do this, you know, um, this is everything that I wanted to do. So for a fan like this to write this in and a fan like this um, taking a side that we're friends now first... For somebody who watches comedy to say this, this is, um, it, it means a lot. And I'll, and that's what I want to portray. I always want to portray this. So this is amazing and um, and I appreciate it. And the prequel hour, Paul Verzi, the prequel tour will be better than I'll say this. Um, I believe in my heart it already is. The jokes are better. I'm a better performer. It's a better hour. Now it's a matter of finishing it touring with it, and then where it's going to go and where you guys can see it. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Kelly Meyer, you're the man. Uh, this next one is from um, Pete. The time I should have scolded my son but laughed hysterically instead. This is great. If you guys remember, um, oh boy, somebody just texted me something. Then I'll get to that in a second. All right, well. The, the As we're doing this podcast, we're already at 30 minutes, so I'm going to try to... All right, anyway, for you people that don't know or you didn't listen or if this is your first episode listening to the Verzi Effect, I said, was there ever a time where you... Um, was there ever a time where you, you know, had to scold your kid but you laughed? 
And I told a story about I shot a spitball a spitball at the teacher. It stuck on his face, and he was yelling at the class with it actually stuck on his cheek. And my mother tried to yell at me, but she laughed. I also got naked in a hospital once, and my mother saw the police report, and she was like, you can't do that, but she burst out laughing. So I said, was there ever a time, and Pete wrote in. Hi, Paul. Love your last podcast on this topic. A few weeks ago, during a trip to Cape May, New Jersey, my wife and five-year-old boy slash girl twins, we visited the Wildwood Boardwalk. Uh, We do it every year, and the kids can't get enough of the rides, especially the fast ones. For five-year-olds, they're total thrill-seekers, which makes it so much fun. We found ourselves on the log flume ride. Wow, that is young for a log. I'm, a, I'm, geez, I'm afraid of the log flume now. Um, for anyone unfamiliar, you sit in a log boat that floats around slowly in the water uh, for the bulk of the ride, uh, with the exception of two steep, fast, and somewhat crazy drops that potentially soak you. Before I get into what happened, let me give you uh, a little context. My wife and I uh, use this old Artie Lang bit almost daily. Uh, daily. It's the one from the Stern Show where he makes fun of somebody complaining about something stupid by saying something like, wah, I caught a cold. Wah, I caught a cold. Wah, or wah, my team lost a game. Wah, to, ma- uh, to make it sound like uh, uh, you, you fucking poon, stop complaining about nothing. Um... Yeah, my wife says, my wife says, do we need to call the wambulance? Um, anyway, my wife and I find comic relief in our daily hectic schedule in some of the most random ways. It's one of our little inside jokes that we would not expect to rub off on our kids. But back to the log flume. We get on the ride. Kids and parents are super excited. My son is sitting in the front seat, my wife directly behind him. Then my daughter and finally me, all four of us in a single file log boat. Uh, you go up the first steep incline, float slowly down the pike for a while, make a few slow turns, and then all of a sudden, zoom. The first big drop hits. It's all smiles and laughs in our boat. Everyone's super excited, a little wet, and a little nervous for the second steeper drop. Before we drop again, the ride takes us under the boardwalk where it goes super slow and you literally hear the drift, uh, the drifter song under the boardwalk playing. Really fun and laid back part of the ride. Then we turn the corner to make the final uh, ascent up the, uh, up the big ramp before the final big drop. But before we head up, immediately to the left of our boat, there's a ride attendant camped out uh, on the side to make sure everyone is doing okay. The log boat is traveling very slow at this point. We noticed two boys sitting with the attendant. They were probably between 10 and 12 years old, and they were crying hysterically, soaking wet, uh, clearly scared by how fast their boat descended uh, down the first drop. Uh, they were waiting for, (laughs) I think I know where this is going, the attendant to somehow get them out of there and off the ride. Now we try to reach our kids, uh, or teach our kids compassion and kindness every single day. And we have, um, incredibly kind hearted kid, uh, children. 
the appropriate behavior in this situation would have been for one of us in the boat, um, <laughs> preferably a parent, to turn and ask these crying boys if they were okay, or maybe to simply tell them everything is going to be okay. Instead, my five-year-old son turns to uh, <laughs> turns to these crying kids who are easily twice his age and goes, wah, wah, completely making fun of them for crying. He used the same exact content, uh, oh, okay, context, my wife and I use to make fun of stupid people complain <laughs> on a daily basis. So, Oh, so he mimicked you guys. Oh, man. So now my wife and I are faced with a decision. Do we either, one, explain why it's really mean to make fun of somebody who's scared, and that you should instead try to help them, or two, bust out hysterical laughing at the fact that our five-year-old son used a 15-year-old Artie Lang bit uh, <laughs> in perfect context to make fun of these boys who are easily twice his age for crying on the freaking log flume. Needless to say, we opt... <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we opted for option two. Uh, all four of us as a family were hysterically laughing the rest of the ride at what our son said to these kids. Uh, like the complete assholes that we were at that very moment, he hasn't gotten <laughs> in an ounce of trouble for it to this day. Such unacceptable parenting. Thought this story was perfect for the topic on last uh, on your last show. Thank you for always making me laugh. I love all of your stuff, best Pete. Pete, that's hilarious. That's a that's a clap break, and I know it's horrible to say, but the fact that your five year old twins like picked up on what you and your wife did, you know, mimicking an Artie Lang bit on the Stern Show all those years ago, and then at the perfect time, saw two kids and just did that while you guys were all having fun, I can't be mad at it. I can't be mad at it, and maybe it made one of those kids, like those whatever 12-year-old kids, be like, yeah, maybe we got to get our shit together. A five-year-old just mocked us, and he was right. That is great. That is a great story. But I will say this, the log flume it's one of those where you got to sit comfortably too. Listen, I'll I'll fly down a hundred feet. I don't. It, I just got to be comfortable, you know. But it's so funny that uh, you guys were just having such a good time as a family that you just shit on these kids who were scared instead of that is so great. Uh, a couple more here, a uh, quick one. Uh, Shoprite theft story. Hassan, uh, what's up, Paul? I was listening to your last podcast and heard you tell my exact story from when I got caught stealing at a shop right in Philly. This was the shopping center at 1 Olsley Square. Sounds like Olney. Uh, Olney. Okay, 1 Olney Square. Me, my cousin, and a friend went to steal snacks. We were playing basketball all day, and I remember my cousin stealing Tasty Cakes and putting... Um, putting on deodorant right in the aisle. Just being extra... <laughs> <laughs> janky while uh, we're stealing. We heard on the loudspeaker, blue aisle two. I look up and see that I'm in aisle two. Okay. Um, wearing a blue shirt. So we sprint to the door right at the exits on the side. Um, right at the exit doors 
on the side is an office door. We were led into this dark-ass room with two fat security guards asking us what we stole. We told them nothing as we emptied our pockets. And in the corner of the room, I swear, we had about five Tasty Cake snacks uh, per pocket between the three of us. They let us go and said, if they see us here again, we'll be arrested. Sure enough, my mom needs to, <laughs> my mom needs to stop at the shop right before uh, go to a barbecue the next weekend. Wow. Just the end of the story here. I didn't go in since, uh, yes, I was, okay, I get what you're saying. So just the end of the story, to end the story here, I didn't go in since it was a quick trip and I just asked if I could stay in the car. Uh, just funny we have the same story. Makes me think of how many young teenagers were robbing supermarkets in the early 90s. Anyways, missed you in Pittsburgh. Won't miss you next time. Keep it up. Thanks, Hassan. Yeah, look, anybody who's like, my kids never stole, my kids don't steal, it's like, look, I mean, I stole sharp provolone once. That's how much my Italian my Italian father influenced me. I, sh- I, sh- I literally, I stole a hunk of sharp provolone cheese at, an, at a very young, early age, um, you know, I stole, you know, I had a friend who was like broke and his dad had no money, his house had no lights. So he would actually go into supermarkets and he would steal bread, bologna. He actually stole plastic knives and mayo to make the sandwich and he'd sit outside the thing and make it. Um, I, you know, look, you do stupid things when you're a kid. You do stupid things if you're drunk or you do stupid things if you try to impress people um, when you're really young. A lot of shit I'm not proud of, but cigarettes and candy. I remember one time I put a 40 ounce down the pants of my, down the leg of my sweatpants. And I, and they were like clinking. You could hear it just like clinking. And I just walked out of this gas station. Like my pants are falling down. I put, I mean, it was a moron. I was an absolute moron. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's it for the unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Also, if you have other funny stories like that, definitely, um, let me know. Last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, today Andrew Luck, we'll get into sports. I have not seen movies. I was away on vacation, so we've just been repeating the SpongeBob movies. Uh, my kids love SpongeBob SquarePants, so we just watched the Square, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Okay. Um, in sports, big news Andrew Luck, quarterback of the Colts, who had a monster playoff run last year, looked really good after a year off of an injury, decided to retire at 29 years old. He was having like ankle and calf issues and he was, you know, going to workouts and he just retired. He was done with it. Here's the thing. Everybody's booing this kid. And I get that if you're a younger fan. But I remember when I remember when Tiki Barber retired and he was doing really well running. And the biggest one is Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was like the greatest running back ever, would have went down as the greatest running back ever. He retired in his prime and everybody was like, I don't get it. It's like, it's not for you to get. And it took me a long time to realize that. It's selfish of us as fans to go, what the fuck, dude? Come on, we had a good team this year. It's not realizing that this person has a personal life. Think about the shit at your job. Like they're booing this guy going, oh, he was never really a football player. Or maybe he doesn't want his mind to turn into mashed potatoes. Maybe he realized that he was going to have more leg injuries and need a surgery and do this, do that. Maybe he just knew 
that, look, I only got five, six years left if I'm lucky, if I don't get injured again. And I don't know if I want to go through the next five, six years of my life getting the shit kicked out of me and worrying about, you know, concussions and worrying about, you know, so he just tapped out early. I get it. Like, it's not... And here's the other thing. Do you really want your your starting quarterback to have this in his mind and play? Like, wouldn't you rather somebody go, listen, when I know or when my heart's not in it anymore or when I just can't do this anymore, I'm done? I got to be honest with you guys. If doing stand-up and going to the airport and getting on stage wasn't fun for me anymore and I didn't love it, as hard as it would be to walk away, I'd fucking walk away. You know, I love it. I never want to stop doing it. I also don't have 300 pound guys who could run a fucking four four forty yard dash trying to rip my head off. But like if I if I was you know, you don't know if he was getting anxiety about it, if it was making him depressed, if he just wasn't a happy person doing it. Why you don't want that guy there because then he doesn't care. Then that then you know what? Then he throws an interception, he doesn't care. Then he's in the playoff game and he doesn't care. You want somebody like Brady who like lives for it and wants to do it till he's 50. Like that's what you want. Not this guy. So booing him is a little nuts. Now, I did, you know, so whatever. I wish him, obviously wish him the best. Um, Here's the thing, though. Somebody just texted me, do Colts trade for Eli? Now, I don't know about that. I would imagine no. I would imagine the Giants wouldn't do that. I hope that that's not out there in the news. So I'm actually going to look that up right now because if that's like a rumor flying... I, I don't, you know, let Eli go. Let this kid have a clipboard. Does Daniel Jones have a clipboard with him, um, you know, one year, and then, honestly, he'll move on. Andrew Luck retires. Veteran quarterback trade options for Colts, including Giants' Eli Manning. Wow. Why Giants' situation hinges on Eli Manning' performance through Week 2. Um, New York Giants. Luck retires, sheds light on Iron Man Eli Manning. Well, so it's out there. It's out there. Will Eli Manning go to the Colts, finish his career where his brother started his career? Um, I hope not. I hope Eli finishes with the New York Giants his last year. I hope he has a great year, and then you see what happens. And God, you know, God willing, he goes on a big playoff run or whatever, and then his contract is up, and that's it. And this new kid comes in. I really don't hope. I really hope that that's not what happens. So anyway. There you go. That's sports. Let me do plugs. Get out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know it's a little quicker, but I'm going to have the next um, announcement on the live podcast. Might be with um, a couple of a couple of options. Maybe Jerry Ferrara. Might be Pete Davidson. I'll let you guys know, and I will um, let you know let the let you know which club we're going to do it in and all that stuff. And um, you know, could be awesome. So, uh, guys, I'm really super excited about uh, these next shows. I got some other dates. Um, I'm going to be at, where am I going to, I'm doing two shows only, Nashville, Tennessee. So get your tickets for that. I'm not doing a whole weekend there. I'm doing like the 945 show. I'm doing the late show Friday in Nashville. And then I am doing the nine o'clock or 930 show Saturday at Zany's in Nashville on September 6th and 7th. Okay. So it's just two shows. People in Nashville have been asking me when I'm coming out. It will be Friday the 6th, Saturday the 7th, one show Friday, one show Saturday. That's it. I'm doing a split week. I think the other comedian might be Maj Jabrani or I believe something like that. But anyway, so some of these clubs do split weeks. So I'm just doing Friday and Saturday. Get your tickets for that. 
Then after that, I am doing the um, Funny Bone. I will be at the Funny Bone. And, well, you know, how come when you need the computer for something, it's just not, you know, it's it, when you need it at that moment, it takes long. But then other times you're just sitting in front of it and it and it works fine. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I'll be at the Funny Bone in Albany September 13th through September 15th. And guys, um, the big one, I'm coming home and I'm doing it at home. I'm so excited. Gotham Comedy Club, New York City. Two shows Friday, September 27th. Two shows Saturday, September 28th. If you are in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, I promise you um, it's going to be better than when I was there last year in August, and I had a great time there. Come out to these shows. Um, It's going to be great. I don't know who's opening for me yet, but it'll probably be a friend, maybe somebody you guys know. Um, Check it out. September 27th, 28th, two shows each night, Gotham Comedy Club, 23rd Street in Manhattan. I love the room. It's my home in New York to headline. And tickets are on sale right now for all the shows that I just mentioned to you guys. There'll be another Patreon out. And me and Jerry will be making a big announcement together very soon on the new show, the Superfans Podcast. So a lot of exciting stuff with the podcast and a lot of exciting stuff with the shows. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been TVE episode. What are we going to call this episode? What did we talk about? We talked about... Oh, dolphins. Maybe we'll call this one Feeding Frenzy. Should we call this one Feeding Frenzy? Or should we call this one... Um, yeah, we'll call this one Feeding Frenzy. I think that's a that's a pretty cool name for us. So that, that will be uh, 4-14. Until um, next week, I'm out of here, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I love you all. Submit your unacceptables. Submit your stories. Whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about it right here on the Verzi Effect podcast. Um, I'm out. Take care.